Hi, today I'm welcoming Charlie and Victor. They are both alumni from the same master program I'm currently doing, the Master in Strategic Entrepreneurship. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation and I hope you enjoy listening. So my first question to you guys, can you please introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm Charlie, this is Victor. Uh, together we have a company called Rocket Collective. Uh, we met during the Master of Strategic Entrepreneurship uh, around two years ago now and uh, decided to start a business. So at first we uh, were developing a dating app called Fever and a safe navigation technology uh, that lets people travel from A to B by the safest route rather than the fastest route um, as sort of the main technology of the dating app. Uh, because of that, we were incubated by the European Space Agency, but things kind of fell apart in March. We had uh, some pretty serious issues within our team and yeah, well, COVID wasn't great. So uh, we pivoted and now we're doing other stuff. Uh, Fever is no more, but now we're called Rocket Collective. We're doing consultancy projects at the moment. Uh, we've got a customer now for whom we are designing a digital marketing strategy and a new website, which is really cool. We're also working on the development of a piece of software that will make it easier to create better maps of developing countries, which is uh, quite complicated, but really cool. And it's a partnership with a few other organizations. Uh, so we're hoping that that will be our main business soon. And at the moment, because of Corona, we're also organizing a self-guided restaurant walk in The Hague to support struggling restaurants until they can reopen, which is called the Half Holika Tour. And we're just doing, yeah, just until the COVID crisis is a little bit less intense. Yeah, I'm Victor. Together with Charlie, we're currently working on a few con working on a few concepts. Um, we met each other during our master strategic entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Are still uh, working together. Cool. Um, and zooming in on on your entrepreneurship uh, career. Um, first of all, why have you guys become an entrepreneur? And I think that I'm speaking for both of us that we both like. Uh, the variation that you have as an entrepreneur that you can do a lot of different things from market research to writing uh, press releases or organizing events uh, we both like that you don't have the, the, the bureaucracy that you have in large organizations and of course the flexibility for instance when it's not too busy uh, i can go surfing in the morning or later in the afternoon or charlie can do yoga mm -hmm. during the day when she wants to I also find it very satisfying to build something myself. I think that is probably also a big driver for you, right, Victor? Yeah. It's just cool to do something and then see the results and think, well, we caused that directly, just the two of us. Uh, that's really cool. And it also offers a lot of opportunities to learn. And oh, I also like making my own decisions. I don't have a boss to answer. <laughs> and if uh, things go wrong, then it's, it's my fault. Nobody else's. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And um, how do you look back at your study time at Erasmus? Um, yeah, for me, I already knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur before I started the master. I've been working on different kind of projects when I was younger. And yeah, because I think entrepreneurship is really something 
you just have to do you have to go out there and just do it but the master really gave me an insight on the, the theory and yeah some pitfalls that you shouldn't make and that's what i yeah still appreciate a lot from the master mm-hmm. especially if i can add to that um you know the scientific method for concept validation you know the, the lean start method with the dashboarding um things like that they're just so useful I think that some people think that, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, just go out there and do it. But it's so important to also have that theory because it makes your chances of success so much larger. And uh, you also, I thought it was very nice to have the safe space with just like, you know, 70 other people who are also doing the same thing and you can learn together and uh, make mistakes. And that was really nice. Yeah. And a certain network that you're building up, you learn a lot of other people with an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. This can be very helpful in your future career. Okay, I see. Thank you. Um, and on the other hand, were there also, when you look back at your career now as an entrepreneur, have you recognized situations where uh, reality differed from, from what you've learned during your studies? Uh, yeah. So I think the best example for that, for us at least, is um, you know, in the Masters, there's quite a big emphasis on how uh, early investment rounds work, you know, and you learn about, about that and it's very exciting and that all sort of led us to focus pretty heavily on securing, you know, angel and VC investors when we were just starting out, uh, just because we thought that that's a normal way to do it. We'd read a lot about it. Uh, but found out pretty quickly that reality is very different to theory. Um, at most startups within our network, they haven't raised any capital. Uh, yeah, so in theory, it's all about, you know, you raise around uh, in reality, most people are bootstrapping and we're working that, doing that too now and it's, it's working pretty well. But at the same time, it's useful to know how all of that works because we'll probably get to that point at some point and uh, we can advise other startups on it. Um, and another thing that uh, we found out just recently and did learn about the masters, you know, the master there, the, the way that things worked is you, you go in groups and you focus heavily on one concept and you nurture that and you validate it and you pivot and you try to grow it into a startup. Uh, but we found out that it actually makes a lot more sense to not put our eggs in one basket, but bet on multiple horses. So we came up. When, when things went sideways with fever, we came up with loads of different concepts and we were like, all right, let's pick three and just see what sticks. Uh, so that's a very different way of doing it, but uh, worked very well for us. It's the reason that we have revenue now. <laughs> and I, I've read a quote from you, uh, Charlie, on the website of uh, Erasmus Center of Entrepreneurship. And you basically uh, emphasized that uh, and also encouraged ent- current entrepreneurs to keep talking to other entrepreneurs. Um, why do you think it is important to be open about your ideas with other people? Yeah, that's also something we heard a lot from entrepreneurs who gave guest lectures during our master. And that the chance that uh, when you talk somebody to somebody else about your idea, the chance that they will steal it and yeah, build it themselves is so much smaller than the chance that they help you get along and build it further mm-hmm. so yeah 
talking to entrepreneurs just allows you to learn from their experiences and mistakes and use their network as well. Also, yeah, and uh, we also found a new business opportunity this way because when things went bad in uh, in spring, we talked to a lot of the other uh, ASA incubates, and you know that's how we found a new concept to work on and we we really sought it out with loads of the different entrepreneurs there it's not like anyone you know wanted to take our concept from us it's, i think you just have to trust people and trust that you know you have the drive to actually go and do it nobody else mm-hmm. so in that sense you would argue that entrepreneurship is uh, also a form of, t- of a collaboration yeah totally yeah okay cool yeah so you you talk you talked just about your uh, your current projects and your your ventures now can you please describe how you approached uh sort of product market fit yeah before we started with the first concept with the fever we did a lot of validation in the field prior to that we also did a lot of desk research but especially in the field we talked to a lot of yeah different people about the idea before deciding that we actually would pursue the company. And yeah, I think that that helped a lot for us. And then in that way, we also used the, the lean startup method. We just did it step by step. So first we were talking to people just with the concept in our head. And later on, we also showed them demos or mockups and stuff like that before we actually started building our application. Yeah, tested everything. But I did find that in practice, it's very difficult to actually be objective about your own idea, uh, which is what you learn, right? Listen to the market. And if it's giving you negative feedback, then uh, do something else. But it's very difficult when you're enthusiastic about something. And I think that we definitely ignored some early signals that maybe our concept needed tweaking and uh, things weren't working in our team, um, which led us to lose a lot more money and time than we should have. But uh, yeah, that was a hard lesson, but a necessary one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And how did you overcome them? How did you overcome these struggles which you faced along the way? Uh, we, we quit. And I also, that was difficult, but there's no shame in quitting. I think we quit way too late. We should have quit earlier. Um, but if the market is giving you negative feedback or things are going very, very wrong in your team and you're not meeting deadlines and you think you won't be meeting deadlines for the foreseeable future... Uh, you quit and you go do something else. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And, and how do you guys complement each other's skills and competencies? Um, well, it's interesting that you ask that because during our master's, we learned uh, that in theory, startup teams shouldn't have overlapping skill sets. I'm sure that you read that too. Uh, because the idea is that that would be inefficient and you want to be as efficient as possible. But we actually found that it's, it's very useful that we know a lot of the same stuff because we we understand each other and we can pick up each other's work if uh, you know if one person is sick for a day and needs to do something else. So that other team member that we had did all the technical work and we didn't know anything about it. And in hindsight, that was stupid. So uh, I, I guess we don't have, of course we have complementing skill sets, but they're not completely different for both business people, if you will. But I think what's important is that we have different perspectives and personalities and that allows us to talk through ideas that we both understand but have different opinions of and uh, make them better 
and in that way two heads are better than one but you know just concretely at the moment it, it all sort of depends but the moment we've uh, divided tasks in the way that I, I do the external contact and I write everything and Victor does all the operations and design but it, it changes mm-hmm. okay can you please elaborate on how your personalities then differ I think Oh, you probably agree with me, Victor, but I get a little enthusiastic sometimes when I think something's very cool. I think that anything yeah. is possible, and uh, Victor reigns that in a little bit. <laughs> so um, I guess I'm the optimist and Victor is the realist. Would you agree, Victor? Yeah, in some cases, you are the, the optimist, and then I get you back to Earth. <laughs> but also, like, Victor is like, he can work really hard, like, if if a hundred hours of work needs to be done in a week this dude can do it <laughs> i burn out way more quickly than that and how do you um how do you maintain that um uh, that spirit victor you uh you seem to be really a hard-working guy how do you keep yourself uh, energized yeah i think that's also nice when you you create a company together that you can motivate each other when for instance when i'm you know down or I've got trouble with the ID or I just don't like anything about it. Charlie will say, no, but this is on the positive side. We have this and this. And then I think you, yeah, you just lift each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a motivation. Oh, nicely said. <laughs> cool. And yeah, you, you, you guys seem to be, to act like a lot of like serial, serial entrepreneurs and, um, I was wondering why you keep pushing through with, with launching new ventures, with coming up with these new initiatives. Uh, because we really want to be entrepreneurs. And uh, yeah, it's like we're not we're not married to one concept. If something doesn't work out, we, we try something new. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. We just see the opportunities that present themselves because making this work is so much better than getting an actual job. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. And and when do these uh, ideas pop up? Like, is there a systematic? Uh... Depends. We used different uh, yeah, manners that we learned during uh, opportunity creation. The first uh, course in the our master. So, yeah, we, we tried different things things sometimes it was for instance with uh, the holy couture that we're currently doing it's something that charlie saw during the weekend and thought hey that's something that's not um, has not been done in the Hague yet so we can copy that and do it even better in another city mm-hmm. yeah but also uh what's that theory called uh Effectuation. I really like that one. Where at one point we just had this massive brainstorm where we just wrote down everything that we're good at and that we have. And we're like, what can we do with this? And uh, then you have some ideas to go off on. You can talk to people, make them better. So mm-hmm. uh, we explored loads of different avenues, but sometimes they just present themselves. Yeah, and definitely, yeah, talking with others about your ideas helps a lot because they always see things differently. So it always bring something new to your mind mm-hmm. which is nice cool thank you and yeah so how how have your ideas come um uh well y- you've you've launched a couple of 
like really really nice initiatives which are becoming increasingly popular like the whole Haagse tour um i saw it has like 2000 followers on on instagram can you please explain is there like uh a success formula you apply to these concepts or i think that concept's a funny one uh because we weren't planning on doing it it was just that we had nothing to do in december and we were both just so bored and then i saw that something similar was being organized in rotterdam so i contacted those people and they're like can we do this in the hague and we just did it we worked really hard for three days and it was just it was there like we weren't planning anything really we uh, yeah, applied very little of the tools that we learned we just did it we were like if it works in one city it has to work in another mm-hmm. so there was a really success for me and we were like let's just do it and see how far we get okay and was there also um, a philosophy behind your uh, idea why did you come up with it that idea did you have oh uh yeah so part boredom and part uh this was when the stores were still open but the restaurants were all closed and the cafes and the bars and um i think well this i just thought it was so unfair and stupid and i know people who work in that industry and i just think it's ridiculous that you know stores are open you can go to H&M with 200 people but you can't sit down in a restaurant with 20 people so also kind of wanted to help that industry a bit mm-hmm. and uh the the restaurants that are um participating in the actual we got to they're very happy with us so it's nice it's a win-win-win situation mm-hmm. and and do you intend to uh, expand your concept as well to other cities uh probably not we we have a competitor who's doing that um but it's it's not our core business we're doing it, it it's going very well now but we i think that as soon as the lockdown is lifted uh, it will become a lot less popular and it's going to take a lot more work to turn it into a sustainable venture whereas we're doing other stuff that um, has a lot more revenue potential so not currently planning on going to other cities and are there uh, any new ideas now uh, which you have in mind which uh, will probably pop up in the next coming uh, weeks not at the no. moment we have a We have a document with a list <laughs> we can look at if we're like, oh, we need something to do. <laughs> okay, so you have uh, you you keep track of your ideas in a separate doc. Yeah, yeah, we make uh, lean canvases for all of them. Okay, cool. And in terms of your own self development as an entrepreneur, how often do you critically reflect on your own skills and actions? Like, uh, do you document your uh, your key learnings? We yeah, we do talk a lot about the mistakes we've made and what we learned from them. We don't really write them down. Maybe we should do that in the future. <laughs> but we also have, for instance, um, for concepts that we're doing at the ASA and in the incubator now, we also have a few uh, two coaches. So we have uh, two or one or two coach meetings with each coach each month. And before those meetings, we always talk with each other from, okay, what have we done this month or these two weeks and what did go uh, wrong or what did go good? Mm -hmm. So I think we have that reflection once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. And in terms of growth, we also keep uh, track of the progress 
So everything financially, we also keep it in the dark. Mm-hmm. We, we love Excel sheets. <laughs> love Excel sheets. <laughs> cool. Why? Uh, it's just nice. Like I spent hours just in Excel sheet. We're such complicated ones, but they show everything. It's great. Okay. Cool. Just a bit nerdy about that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Lastly, I'm I'm also uh, curious on your perspective on this whole uh, COVID nineteen situation. Uh, do you think that is it is an enabler, or do you think it's a constraint for students to engage in in entrepreneurship? I think that heavily depends on the industry you're planning to go into because it's a very difficult economic situation right now. But COVID um, virus also offers a lot of opportunities because customers starting to behave differently, and that's yeah, that means there are coming gaps in the market. So where you can jump into. So that's also how the our self-guided walking tour started eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely an, uh, yeah, it is an opportunity, the COVID uh, pandemic. I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, you should do it, economic crisis or not. There's always opportunities. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and what would be your key piece of advice for students contemplating entrepreneurship? Yes, you asked me this in our uh, call we had last week, so I've prepared a list. <laughs> Uh, so one, if you want to be an entrepreneur, just do it. So don't stay inside thinking about concepts and writing like hundred page business plans. Just don't try stuff in the real world and you'll find out pretty quickly whether it's working or not. Um, but also we talked about quitting before. There is no shame in quitting a concept if it's not working out. Um, don't put more money and time into something where you're really not sure if it's going to pay off. Uh, so if there's negative validation from the market, just quit. If you can't pivot, quit. Um, but if you do quit an idea, I think that's what we did. We just went on and tried new stuff because uh, just because one idea didn't work out doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur. You know, there there's so many options, and uh, I, I think many successful entrepreneurs have multiple failed ventures, and then eventually they came up with something that worked. So we just keep trying. And uh, also well, what I talked about before, I think it's a very good idea to bet on multiple horses, especially if you don't have that million other idea just yet. Uh, write down a bunch and just try three and just see which one works out. It's so much less risk doing it that way. And uh, we also found out the hard way to focus on ideas that you can bootstrap. It's not good to be dependent on finding an investor it's better to start small with something that generates a little bit of revenue earlier on and then you can grow that rather than you know building something that needs a hundred thousand euro investment because chances are you're not going to get it and also uh, a mistake that we a lesson that we learned the hard way if if you're a business person like us which you probably are if you're studying strategic entrepreneurship at rsm uh, you'll probably have to onboard a technical co-founder at some point or a first technical employee. You know, if you're doing anything in tech, please, please do a technical interview. Let someone do a technical interview for you. Don't just trust someone who you don't know very well that they can do what they say they can do. Uh, 
just spend a couple hundred euros on a professional who would do a technical interview and, and check that. I think most technical people who are serious about their job really, really don't mind getting tested. They'll probably see it as a challenge. Just I, and This probably goes for every person that you're going to onboard into your startup team that's going to do something that you don't know much about. Uh, test them in some way. Just don't blindly believe that they can do what they tell you they can do. And the last tip is it's okay to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. You need to keep reflecting on them mm -hmm. and uh, just don't make the same mistake twice and keep talking to other entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes and don't repeat their mistakes. I think that's pretty long, but complete list of everything that we've learned in the past two years or so. Wow, thank you so much. This is really, uh, really helpful and uh, valuable for uh, for our listeners. Um, well, thank you so much for your time and for the really inspiring conversation. Maybe just one more thing: where can our listeners uh, connect with your with your ventures? Where can where can our listeners see you, your uh, how how it's going? Our new website for uh, our consultancy work and the mapping concept is nearly done. And, uh, you will be able to find us soon on uh, rocketcollective.nl uh, and we have an Instagram and a Facebook for the self-guided restaurant walk find us on the Haagse Horikatur Instagram as well as Facebook okay thank you thank you very much for your time thank you